Hi, welcome everybody. It is Tuesday the 23rd of March 2021 and this is a recovery from relapse over at Anonymous meeting. You're very welcome. Today we have a speaker, uh, Eric G from LA. He lives in Southern California. He first came into OA in 1981 and has been struggling to control his food addiction with food since childhood without success. His top weight was 540 pounds. He is now at 182 pounds, I think. So that's a loss, quite a big loss. So Eric, tell us how you did it, take it away. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Rita, for asking me to share today. Happy to be here. My name is Eric G. Compulsive Reader. And uh, I, um, I came into program actually quite early in life. My, um, my first uh, childhood trauma happened when my parents separated uh, just before my fifth birthday. And I was thrust into a new environment, you know, it might as well have been a different world. I'd never, you know, been there before. And uh, I woke up in a different house in a different bed and it smelled differently and it was frightening, you know, and, and uh, bonus, I didn't get to be with my mother at all. And uh, then I come to find out nobody really cared for my mother, which I didn't understand. But uh, it turns out I'm the product of the other woman. My father really liked people especially women, turns out. And uh, I had a really motley crew of, of uh, brothers and sisters. There's, there was eight of us, you know, in total. And uh, all for me, half brothers and sisters. And for some reason, one was adopted. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it was just, you know, that's, um, it was very traumatic for me not being able to uh, be with my mom. And um, that's where I found this out in program. That's, that's where I kind of cemented the foundation for my career as a compulsive overeater. And um, I began to eat not because I was hungry, but because I didn't know what to do with these feelings. But when I, when I would eat, I felt better. You know, I thought it was like, it was like um, wrapping a warm blanket around myself. You know, I thought, oh my gosh, this is good. So when I, when I figured that out, I exploited that, you know, and I ate as much as I possibly could as, as often as I could. And I, of course, began to put on weight at a very, very early age. And so the onslaught of diets began, you know, and I knew that there was something wrong with me. As a child, I knew there was something wrong. I was, I was actually embarrassed of that. That was my, my dark secret, you know that food is very important to me, more important to me than you are, more important to me than any person, place, thing, or situation I find myself in. And it called to me all the time. I'd go to a social function with my family and there was food. And although people were talking to me, the most important thing to me was how do I get that food and how do I do it without getting caught? And I was embarrassed about that too. I could get this, like this chill in the back of my neck. What if somebody could read my mind? How humiliating, how embarrassing that would be. And I couldn't stop it. You know, there was a, there was a point when I was like, I, I want to stop this. I want to stop this. And that's why the diets came in. That's where the diets came into play. My family never forced me into any kind of program or diet regimen of any kind. I was looking for it. I was open to it because 
as a child, I knew that if I can control my weight, if I could control my food, I'm going to be okay. So I was always, you know, on the lookout for that, or began to be in, and continue to be on the lookout for that. Because that, that's happiness. If you're thin, you're happy in my head. You know, nobody had to explain that to me. I watched copious amounts of television as a child. Everybody's thin. Everybody's happy. <laughs> you know, period. So that's it. That's the answer to all my problems. Control the food. Control the weight at any cost. Find out how that happens. Make that happen for you. So, you know, in the 70s, there was just, you know, there was this health craze going on. Bruce Jenner was on the Wheaties box and, you know, they had all these European health spas all over the place and, you know, all these, you know, uh, um, exercise um, coaches on TV and then all these diets that came down the pipe, you know, back then we had Tab and Fresca, you know, and it was delicious. <laughs> And uh, those are beverages for those of you that are too um, young to uh, have heard of those things. But, uh, you know, they're diet beverages. You, be, you drink diet soda, you're going to be fantastic. It's so good for you. I mean, it kills rats in laboratory tests. And I think it also causes cancer for those. But I'm not a rat. You know, I'll be fine. Give me more. <laughs> and uh, before AIDS was a horrible and debilitating disease, it was a delicious caramel. And AIDS came in this big white box. And then you would see, it, and it would also, it was chocolate as well. So you can ingest this and then it goes into your stomach and expands. And then you overcome, you know, your spiritual malady or, you know, finish off the entire boxes, which is what I did. And uh, they also had this thing called Seago. And Seago was a delicious shake that came in chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. And it was fantastic. And their, and their slogan is, Seago is great for your ego, which is absolutely true. And it's, you know, even better with, you know, a sandwich or a dollop of ice cream. And uh, I tried these diets with the intention of fixing myself. And I went to these gyms. I went to the exercise, places to exercise. And, you know, whatever came down the pipe, whatever information I, was, I, I could gather, I would, you know, engage. Absolutely, because I knew I knew it was going to fix me. I knew it was going to fix me. And my, I got to see my mother eventually on weekends, and she's always been a health nut. She's not one of us, but she's just you know into health and fitness. She likes to go dancing and all kinds of you know. She's just very active, you know. And so uh, she would come up. She would bring these diets home from her work, and I would try everything, and they were great. All you can eat was the best diet in the world as a child because if you can eat all, you can have anything you can have all you want and you're going to lose all your weight which is perfect that with that, gallons of you know diet soda and you're on your way you know so i tried them all and uh you know it was it was great you can <laughs> all you can eat steak all you can eat pineapple all you can eat nasty cabbage soup you know but it was all you can eat and that sensation of being full was very important to me because I couldn't find it any longer. I could eat and eat and eat and not be full, which is kind of scary, you know? But I, I always took myself past that level, past that point where your body says, stop now, please. I'm done. 
And once I can go past that point, not only can I eat more, but I have to eat more. I've activated my disease, you know, and I, and I did that on a regular and a daily basis. I activated my disease each day. I, I, I would eat more than I needed, you know, and I learned that behavior as a child finish everything you know my my dad was raised during the depression era and you know we he had this weird thing about leaving the lights on in a room where you weren't there you know <laughs> who left the lights on so you know turn off the lights and finish everything on your plate you know he, he came from a time when they they were without and so if you had food you ate the food and so that's the way you know we were raised and that that i was fine with that <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, sir. I will finish everything on my plate. Also, are you going to finish yours? Because I'll be right here waiting, you know, and school was, was horrible because, uh, you know, I would wait around after lunchtime and I would almost beg people to, to beg the children to feed me without saying anything. You know, I would just go, I would just get really depressed and sullen and quiet, and put my head down and somebody would take pity on me and give me something before they went to play. You know, but I spent my recess, most of my recess time begging for food. I was ravenous. I don't even know if I was actually hungry, but I had to eat. I had to eat. And as I continued to put on weight, my life continued to spin out of control. And as a child, there was just so much, God bless my heart, there was just so much depression. There's so much anxiety, so much fear, so much resentment. You know, it was, it was, it was horrible to have that as a, I, I don't wish that on any child, you know, M my, my childhood wasn't about, you know, having fun and learning and growing. It was just about the food. It was just about the disease and it continued to get worse. You know, the big book talks about this. It's a progressive illness. It gets worse, never better over time. And as the years passed. I found that I, I, my, my whole life was dedicated to finding the answer to this, to control the food, to control the weight. And I was, and I just, and I was, I would just, you know, retrofitted to, <laughs> to, to search out, to seek out, to find out how I can stop this thing. Cause I really didn't want to eat anymore, you know, but I didn't know how to stop. And when I was 11, I came to my first OA meeting. I'm 50, I'm 50 years old right now. That was back in 1981, I was 11. And I went to this place called the Mariposa Women's Center. And I went to this meeting and it was a waste of time. OA is just a horrible place. <laughs> There's really nothing here. They, I, 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 was, I was expecting to hear, you know, these people are overeaters. I've never heard that term before, but I was like, okay, well, they have the answers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the magic diet. I'm going to find the magic exercise regimen where you work out one time every year and you look amazing, you know, but that, that no, no, it was something about spiritual something and higher power steps. You know, I was 11. It was ridiculous. So I left and I, I never intended on coming back. And I didn't come back until I was 15. By the time I was 15, I was in high school and uh, I was almost 300 pounds. Miserable as all get out. You know, I isolated. I compulsively overate and constantly searched for the perfect 
exercise regimen and the perfect diet that would cure me so I can control this thing. So I came to this uh, treatment center for eating disorders. And uh, we went to meetings every day. And it was really good. It was a really good experience. They, they um, taught me that it was okay to express myself, to share my thoughts and feelings because they're important and also valid. I didn't know that. You know, I always kept to myself and I didn't know how to share my thoughts and feelings. So I kind of, I learned how to do that there. And they took us to a meeting every single day of the week. And it was great, you know, back in the, and we're in the eighties now, back in the eighties, the meetings were huge, no pun intended, just, you know, well-populated meetings. Sometimes there was a person at a, at a podium, maybe two, you know, and, and standing room only if you came late to the meeting. And it was, it was great. And I was, I was a teenager lots of teenagers there you know and uh and it was and it was you know blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> everybody talks so much i didn't understand that people were talking so much but um i didn't really care for that aspect of it but as a kid i really i really really dug the fact that there were other kids there also that it was okay for me to do weird things you know like think about food all the time they think about food all the time and I ate I ate out of the trash I you know there was a there was this trash can at school one time and I was like oh my goodness somebody didn't finish this I'm gonna eat that it's amazing you know and I steal food I go to a grocery and I I go to the shops and I'd say oh if I put this in my pocket and nobody sees me I can have that thing that's amazing it's gonna taste delicious and it was you know and I I was okay being me here. I never felt judgment. And I heard this man speak one time and everything is blah, 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 you know, spirituality and steps and traditions and concepts and tools. Oh my gosh, I'm a teenager. Shut up. So this one guy says, I lost, I don't know, we said like a hundred pounds or something. I'm like, what? Everybody be quiet. This is serious. This guy lost a lot of weight. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, all right, lay it on me. So he's like, you know, I, I know that you want to know all the answers to all your problems. So I'm here to tell you what to do. This is it, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm at the edge of my seat. Lay it on me, brother. Hit me hard. Let's do this. And he says, get a sponsor, follow direction. So disappointed. What? an idiot i was so angry gotta gotta imagine too i'm a teenager and i'm thinking to myself nobody tells me what to do no i'm not gonna call up some stranger and say hey can you please help me and he's gonna say oh yeah i'm gonna need you to eat this food and read this book and go to this meeting and make this call and pray 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 every day 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 no no because also guess what there's a big book. It's blue. It's called Alcoholics Anonymous. And there are no pictures in it. You know what there are? A bunch of 50 cent words that I have to look up because I can understand what the heck these alcoholics are talking about because they're highly educated. And I'm 15 and just enraged. You know? <laughs> yeah. God bless my heart. But yeah, that's where I was. So did I get a sponsor? Did I follow direction? Good question. I'm glad we're having this dialogue. The answer is no. Hell to the no. I'm not going to get a sponsor and follow direction. What a ridiculous thing. But that was okay. 
And the reason why that was okay is because of our blessed third tradition, which states the only requirement for OA membership is an honest desire to stop eating compulsively, which I had before I met you good people, you know? And so I kept coming to meetings when I felt like it. I was on a diet and I would also come to meetings. I learned how to eat properly because there was a nutritionist there. This is, this is, you know, your age and your weight and you're a male. So this is what you should eat. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks, all that stuff. There was an exercise coach there as well. I took what I wanted. It was a salad bar for me. I took the bits that I wanted. And I left the rest and it was great. You know, I lost weight. I came to meetings, but you have to understand too, as a teenager, I was a professional dieter. I'd been on diets for a long time. I understood the diet. I understood the exercise. I understood you need to do this daily, you know, to achieve this goal. And I lost weight. I did. I looked fantastic and I was absolutely miserable, which goes against everything I was believing in up until that moment. I, how can you be thin and miserable? You know, I didn't understand <laughs> what the heck was going on, but you know, I, I, I was like, well, I'm just going to continue on this path because it's better to be thin than not to be thin. And so I gained weight <laughs> because, you know, I put my spin on the diet, you know, and I didn't need to exercise as much because I'm amazing. And then my dad passed away just before my 18th birthday and the whole world shut down in my head. And I was, I was enraged that you continued on, that you didn't care about my dad. Nobody did. And everybody was carrying on as if it never happened, as if he never lived at all. And I went into a dark, dark, deep depression over that. And I didn't come back to program until I was 19. By that time, I was almost, uh, I, I guess, 360 pounds. And did I get a sponsor? I'm glad you asked. No, because <laughs> I don't need one. You guys need a sponsor. I don't need a sponsor. Let's get that straight right now. Let's see, turn this off. So I didn't get a sponsor until 94. In 94, I was in a really, really miserable state. And I got myself a sponsor. I don't know. I guess I took pity on you guys. You guys have been talking about this sponsor thing forever. And these steps, everybody's like, oh, the magical steps. It's going to cure everything. You're going to feel so great. It's like, God, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I guess I'll give it a shot. You know, I got nothing to lose. You know, I'm close to 400 pounds, whatever. So I, I, I get this guy, you know, we'll call him Conrad because that's his name. Conrad took me through the steps and it was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was, oh my gosh, it was amazing. I never had a connection with the higher power or any kind of religion or spirituality or faith. You know, I was raised Catholic, I was guilty. I was, I'm a sinner, absolutely. Sin, I understood that, guilt, shame, absolutely. I'm all that stuff. You know, I, I understood that God is keeping a tally of all my shortcomings and when come uh, judgment day comes, he's gonna turn me away from the golden gates because I'm a bad person and I don't deserve to be with you good people. You know, I understood all that stuff. Although it's not, that's not Catholicism, by the way. <laughs> that was just my interpretation. Um, and, uh, but I, I began to have a relationship with the higher power. 
you know, I, I put the fork down, I picked up the book, I followed direction from sponsor. I felt good right away, you know, this is amazing. So I exploited that and I was with this guy for a year, almost a year. I lost a bunch of weight. I was making better choices at the suggestion of my sponsor whose suggestions I was willing to follow because this is working out great. And I was going to these meetings and I was sharing my story and I was repeating a lot of the stuff that he was saying already, you know, my sponsor, because he was just awesome and amazing. I wanted everything this guy had. He was, he looked fantastic. He was in college. He was dating half of California. He had an awesome truck. I had a shitty car. I was like, wow, I really want what this guy has everything literally. And so, yeah, I copied this man. I copied all his mannerisms. I even walked like he had a back problem. I had a back problem. No, I didn't have a back problem, but uh, you know, I, I wanted what this guy had to that level. And, uh, and I'd share my story at the meetings and people would say, wow, Eric, what you said was really impactful. It's a game changer. Thank you for sharing. I was like, I know my words are amazing. Listen to them. You'll learn. <laughs> and they say, wow, Eric, you lost so much weight. You look fantastic. I am. I'm gorgeous. Look at me. Look how fantastic I am. And then, you know, that's relapse. Just like that. I started to accept the credit for God's work in my life and it was all gone. I didn't even know it. I was still sponsoring people and I was in relapse. I didn't take a compulsive bite, mind you. I severed that connection from my higher power. I am the reason that I am here. I lost this weight. I accomplished this. I am amazing. And I am lost. And just like that, it was all gone. I had no idea because shortly thereafter, I fired my sponsor because I didn't need him. And after that, I fired you because I don't need you either. I have a connection with my higher power. I have the big book. I sponsored a bunch of people. I shared my story. I helped and I could continue to help. I'm going to go out in the world and I'm going to be amazing. And eventually I started eating again because I'm not as bad off as you. And the big book talks about people like me. <laughs> this is a progressive illness. It gets worse, never better over time. I said that to people. I shared that at meetings, but it didn't apply to me. <laughs> so as I was slowly getting worse, I kept on slowly sponsoring myself. By a show of hands, has anybody ever sponsored themselves out there in Zoom land? Isn't it just the most wonderful thing? Should you eat this? Yes, you should. Should you go to this place? Yeah, go there. It's going to be fun. You don't have to share with anybody. You don't have to talk to anybody about these things. You just ask yourself. And you, and you can. And it's going to be great. I love sponsoring myself. I'm such a great sponsor, although I was dying. Let's not acknowledge that. Push that aside. I was dying and I was imploding. But, you know, I was, I'm going to be great. My head, tell, my head told me so. You know, if I ever have to know if I'm doing okay, just ask myself. Yes, you are. You're fantastic and amazing. It's going to be great. So I sponsored myself and then it hit. Everything completely came unglued. And I put on weight faster than I ever. I was amazed at how fast I put on the weight and the depression and the anxiety and the fear and the embarrassment, the humiliation, 
all the wonderful things that come with the disease, you know, when it comes back into full control, it was like a tidal wave, tsunami. There was no place to run. There was no place to hide. And I couldn't come back to program because I have to come back as awesome Eric. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. I don't want to come back to this program overweight and out of my mind. I have to get clean and sober before I come back to a 12-step fellowship. I mean, that's the level of, of, of commitment that I had to my disease. You know, and my disease was in control. There's no higher power. There's my disease. That's all there was, you know, and that's, and that's all there was ever going to be. And I continue to put on weight. I continue to make poor choices for myself because I'm sponsoring myself. You know, I don't need to come back to program. I don't need to ask for help. I, I got this. I got, I'll be okay. You know, and my friendships terminated, you know, I, I isolated. I got a job where I can isolate and compulsively read all day long which was fantastic, you know, for my disease. My disease was very appreciative of my lifestyle. And I would binge and I'd binge and I'd binge. And then all the fun stuff started to happen, you know, even as I was, I was in my thirties, by this time I was um, almost 35. And I had uh, GERD, you know, really bad. Uh, um, I was taking Tums all the time. <laughs> I was like candy, always had Tums, gallons of Tums everywhere you know, for the acid reflux and chronic back pain. Uh, I couldn't fit into big and tall anymore. So I couldn't go to the shops for clothing. I had to go online. And back then it wasn't online. It was, you know, a mail order catalog kind of thing. You, you call and you pick the things that fit, not the things that you want. Five minutes. Thank you. And I made adjustments to this lifestyle, you know, I, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't go to the big, big and tall shop. So I went to, you know, the king size catalog and I couldn't fit into my car any longer. So I bought an SUV for a family of eight because I could just, you know, pour myself out of it instead of having to lift my body up. And uh, I had sleep apnea and uh, some kind of heart arrhythmia thing going on. I didn't have medical insurance. So you know, with the sleep apnea, I just put Vicks upside my no into my nose and wiped my, my lips down with uh, 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 petroleum jelly because <laughs> my mouth would be open all night long and dry. And that was my cure. You know, I had ingrown toenails, didn't want to deal with that. It was just painful to walk everything. And, and then, and then it, the, the, the day came when I couldn't walk anymore because I was gaining weight so fast I couldn't keep up with it. And you would think maybe you should go back to program or something, get a gastric bypass. No, I was sponsoring myself. <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. I knew that. I believe that my disease helped me to achieve that type of thinking. And against the better judgment of my disease, I came back to program in 2005 and I got a sponsor, I started following direction. And it was humiliating. These people I had no respect for, that made me angry, were telling me that I should continue on this path, this journey and continue to follow the sponsor's direction. And what happened when I went back to that, that first meeting was I felt like a person at the end of that meeting for the first time in a long time. 
So I followed the sponsor's direction against my better judgment. And what happened was same thing that happened the last time. <laughs> I felt better, you know, just within the first few days, um, I was over 500 and uh, I was, I guess I was a little over 530 pounds. I was close to, I was 540 when I first weighed myself, but I, uh, I felt better even though I hadn't lost any weight. I felt better inside. And it felt so good to follow somebody else's direction other than my own, you know? And it, it just, you know, it hit me right away within a month's time, the obsession was removed. Still overweight, hundreds of pounds overweight, but the obsession was removed. You know, I wish they could do that at hospital that you can go there and they can remove your obsession and then because then you can straighten out physically, you know, and that's what happened. And the big book talks about that. You know, when we overcome our spiritual malady, we straighten out mentally and physically. And that's exactly what happened. I over I, my spiritual malady was like, I couldn't have somebody tell me what to do. <laughs> I didn't want to give up the thing that was killing me. You know, I didn't want to give up the thing that was killing me. And I, and then I, I slowly did and, and the obsession was removed and then the weight just fell off. You know, it was two and a half years into the program. I lost the 352 pounds that was holding me down. And then, you know, everything else started to come together as well in my life. Life continued to improve on a daily basis and continues to do so. I no longer live like a hermit. I have a wife and two kids. I have this wonderful program and everybody in it. I have a sponsor. I follow sponsor's direction every day to the best of my ability. I have the honor and the privilege of, of facilitating the recovery of other people. And most importantly, I don't take the credit for God's work in my life. <laughs> I'm not capable of such great things. All I can do is, you know, follow directions to the best of my ability. So if you're new, if you're struggling with this, I get that. When you're ready, this is what you do. Are you listening? Get a sponsor follow direction thank you for letting me share thank you so much eric that was awesome everybody that was so so good uh lee if you want to turn off the recording that's fantastic right i'm just going to read it